Welcome into the Stop and Pop podcast, everyone. Today is April 27th, 2020, and thank you for joining me today on the Stop and Pop podcast. As always, it's your host, Anthony Galler, today on the Stop and Pop podcast. I want to first start off this podcast by saying, wherever you may be listening, hope that you, your family, are staying safe, staying healthy. Um, there are some states as I'm sure you know, across the country that are starting to reopen in small ways and beginning that uh, long process back to normalcy. Uh, Some states around the country, not so much, still staying close, still staying locked down. But no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening to this, I hope that you and your family are staying safe, staying healthy, um, and getting through each day during these difficult times. want to apologize also for being a little... uh, inactive on the podcasting front. It's been about a few weeks, actually, since I last did a podcast. Um, finishing up my final few weeks, which is crazy to even think about. I can't even can't even say it out loud. It's so crazy. Uh, my final few weeks at Quinnipiac University, my senior year, going to be graduating with a bachelor's degree in my hands. Well, might not be in my hands in a couple of weeks, but I'll be graduating with a bachelor's degree in just a couple of weeks from now, which is crazy to say, but had some work to do, had some things to catch up on, so I do apologize for being a little inactive on the podcast front, but I'm back here today, got a really fun show, uh, it's going to be the first ever show of its kind so far since I started doing the Stop and Pop podcast, today we're going to be doing a special Q&A, Q&A show uh, that I have not done as of yet, so thank you to everyone who sent me questions I had a lot of people send me some good questions via Twitter. Uh, some of my friends uh, send me questions. Uh, they texted to me that they thought were really good questions. And I got to say, got a lot of good material. Got a lot of good questions. So thank you to those of you who did send me questions. I'm um, not going to read off every single one of them, but I do have a handful of questions that I really enjoyed um, and I really thought would be fun to discuss here today. So I will be discussing those. Um, the Michael Jordan documentary, I'm not going to really go in, in depth about that. Um, I'll, I'll talk more about it later on. You know, we've had, of course, the first two weeks of it, so the first four episodes of it. ESPN uh, started things out last week with the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, the first two episodes, which were amazing. Last night's episodes were incredible as well. That's been a huge success, Even I, I think even bigger than what they thought it was going to be. I don't know what last night's numbers were, but I know that the first week of the uh, of the last dance, the first two episodes, six million viewers, six million. That's what I heard, six million, which is insane because that's actually more than almost every NBA game from the season. If you take away the Christmas games, which you know it, it makes sense, everybody's home for those Christmas Day games. But if you take away those games, this documentary has actually gotten more viewers than just about any NBA game from this season. So that's been an incredible hit so far. It's been so enjoyable. Uh, I've had a ton of fun watching it so far. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, But today we're going to stick to Q&A. I thought this would be really fun. Something new to do, of course. Um, Things in terms of the NBA itself have been pretty much, uh, you know, the same, been pretty much stagnant over these past couple of weeks. There is some news. According to Woj, he came out a few days ago and said that in states where the uh, stay-at-home policies have been relaxed, uh, 
teams are going to be allowed starting May 1st, so which is just a handful of days from now. Starting May 1st, teams will be allowed to reopen their facilities in those states where uh, the social, or not the social distancing, but rather the stay-at-home policies have been relaxed. Uh, so that doesn't apply to every single state, doesn't apply to every single team, of course, but in those states where those policies have been relaxed a little bit, uh, you could see some facilities beginning to reopen for those NBA teams. Other than that, things have been pretty much stagnant on the NBA side of things, but that's why I want to do a Q&A for today. Going to be fun. Got a handful of questions in front of me that I'm going to get right to, and uh, hopefully have some good debates about these uh, really good questions. I, I Again, I tried my hardest to pick questions that were not only what I thought were good questions, but things that would actually be enjoyable to talk about and discuss. So, without any further ado, I'm going to get right into it here today. So, the first question that I got, this was on Twitter, I believe. Uh, somebody wanted to know, Prime Kawhi, who would I take? Prime Kawhi or Prime KD? Prime Kevin Durant? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think with these two guys, you certainly can't go wrong with either. Um, both incredible talents outside of LeBron James. Probably the two best talents that we've seen in the NBA uh, within the past decade. Um, you know, both guys are champions, of course. Uh, Kevin Durant, now a champion, two-time champion with Golden State. Uh, Kawhi, a champion with San Antonio, although he didn't play as integral of a role as he did for the Toronto Raptors in their championship run last season. But Kawhi's an NBA champion as well, so I don't think you can go wrong with either guy. Both guys are insanely, incredibly talented. Um, but for me, you have to go with prime Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I think that Kevin Durant is a special type of player. Kawhi is too, but Kevin Durant is a special type of player. For him to be a seven-footer, I know they list him at, what, what do they list him at, 6'10", maybe, 6'9", 6'10", but to be a seven-footer with the ability to shoot the way he does uh, is nothing short of remarkable, and it's not something that we have really seen in the NBA. You know, I mean, there's, today, obviously, there's much more emphasis on uh, your, your centers and your taller players being able to shoot and not just be a back-to-the-basket type of player. But Kevin Durant's not a center, you know, so he's a seven-footer who can knock down threes with anybody in the league. Um, coming out of Texas, you know, his, his lone season as a Texas Longhorn in college, he had a remarkable year. Um, so for me, it's got to be Ke prime Kevin Durant, you know, prime Kawhi Leonard. You know, I, I think that both of these guys, as of today, now in 2020, I think that both of these guys are maybe... I don't want to say starting to slow down, but they're certainly not ascending right now. I think that, you know, Kevin Durant, we're going to have to see how he comes back off his Achilles injury. Um, that's something that we're not going to see until next year. But I think that in their primes, you know, Kevin Durant is just one of the top 10 to 15 players of all time, in my opinion. I think he's one of the top 10 to 15 players of all time. And so for me, it's a good question, good debate, but Prime Kevin Durant all the way for me over Prime Kawhi Leonard. Um, the next question, this was a really interesting question too. Uh, this is actually one of my buddies. Uh, my buddy Quinn, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, asked me this. If you could watch any team from any decade, 
which team would it be? That's an awesome question. You know, I think it's also a very fitting question, uh, especially at this time. I think it's a very fitting question because, you know, I think there's a ton of, uh, of really good options that you could look at for this question. I think some of the Lakers teams, the 70s Lakers teams, the, the 80s Lakers teams would be fascinating to watch. I'd love to watch those teams. I'd love to watch Bill Russell's Celtics. If I had a time machine, I could go back and watch Bill Russell's Celtics back in the day. I'd love to do that as well. Um, so there's there's a lot of great teams in the history of the NBA, a lot of iconic teams, iconic seasons in the NBA. I would love to go back and watch those teams. Um, so this is a really good question. It's a very difficult question. It's hard to pick just one team. Uh, but I think for me, if I had to only pick one, uh, if I was forced to just pick one team to watch that I've not had the pleasure of watching, um, it would have to be the last dance Chicago Bulls. It would have to be this team that they're currently doing a documentary on. You know, and if you had asked me this question uh, three, four weeks ago, I think my answer would have been the same. But now, especially with this documentary coming out and having the opportunity the past two Sundays to sit down, relax, and watch this team, learn about this team even more, not just learn about Michael, although I've had a, a blast learning about him, watching him. I think he's been so fun to watch. Um, but just learning about this team and learning about that season in general, and it's only been the first four episodes. You know, we've still got a ways to go. And I've already had so much fun learning about them. I think that team would have been an absolute pleasure to watch. Not just Michael, but the, the conflict between Phil Jackson, the front office, Jerry Krause. They brought in Dennis Rodman this, that season, who undoubtedly is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, characters of all time in the NBA, one of the biggest characters of all time in sports, really. Um, so I think that that, that Bulls team, uh, that last dance Bulls team, would have been super enjoyable to watch. Um, and I'm really glad that I, I'm having the opportunity now to, to watch this documentary and to learn about them through this documentary. However, that being said, I had the if I had the privilege of watching this team actually live and being able to sit through that season and watch all of the characters Michael Phil Jackson Scotty uh, Dennis Rodman of course I think that would have been incredibly fun so that would have to be my pick you know very difficult uh, again some of the 70s 80s Lakers teams Bill Russell Celtics those are some of the other top contenders for me but if I had to choose just one it would have to be uh, the Michael Jordan Bulls in that season. Uh, next question I had, if you could build a team, or build a franchise rather, around any player under the age of 23, who would it be? That's a very difficult question because there's so many good options to choose from. Um, I think, again, just think about guys who are first, second year uh, in the league guys, uh, Jason Tatum, Zion, uh, Trey Young, any of those guys would be awesome choices, and I don't think you could go wrong with any of those guys all under the age of 23, and I'd like to start a franchise with any of those guys. Uh, but if I did have to I'd choose just one player to build my franchise around under 23 right now, it would be Luka Doncic for me. Um, I just think he's incredible. Uh, flat out, I just think he's incredible. Um, last season in his rookie season, um, he came over from Europe, you know, high expectations on him, but we really didn't know what Luka Doncic was going to be. You know, it's tough 
with these prospects coming over from Europe, these international prospects, we don't know exactly what to expect, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, there's expectations, but at the same time, there's always a little bit of fear of, you know, is this guy going to be a bust because, he, you know, he didn't play in the States, he didn't play in college, he didn't play against what we foresee or what we perceive um, as being like a top flight competition. And so, you know, I think that was the, one of the biggest critiques of his now teammate, Kristaps Porzingis, when he, when he first got drafted by the New York Knicks a handful of years ago. Um, I think that was one of the biggest critiques on him. He got drafted number four overall. And Knicks fans, a lot of NBA fans, were saying, who is this guy? Why don't we take Kristaps Porzingis number four overall? Who the heck is this dude coming over from Latvia? Um, but Kristaps Porzingis proved a lot of people wrong. He continues to prove people wrong. Uh, and Luka Doncic, you know, him, him and Trey Young, I think, was a, a, big, a big debate uh, coming into the, the rookie season for him last year. You know, of course, Luka going number two overall, going number two behind DeAndre Ayton, who went to Phoenix. Um, but he's outperformed everybody. He's outperformed Ayton. I love Trey Young, but Luka has outperformed Trey Young as well. Um, he's become a triple-double machine at the age of now just turning 21 uh, last month. So he's incredible, an absolute pleasure, an absolute joy to watch. One of my favorite players to watch uh, in the league today, Luka Doncic, um, regardless of age, really. But he's only 21 right now, just turned 21, in fact. And so, you know, I think in terms of uh, runners-up, some honorable mentions, again, you'd have to say guys like Jason Tatum, guys like Zion, who's been awesome, even though he hasn't played that many games yet. John Morant's another guy who I really like, but Luka Doncic for me. Um, and, and he's the biggest reason why, even though Kristaps Porzingis has also had a really special uh, year one in Dallas, but Luka Doncic is the major reason why this Dallas team is in the position that they're in, why they're the number seven seed right now, and why I think they're actually a very dangerous team. Uh, even though they're the seven seed, I do think that they're a very dangerous team. And uh, I think that the, the Clippers right now would be in line to face them in the opening round of the playoffs if the playoffs were to start today. And uh, I think that would be a very challenging series for them because I think that Luka Doncic would put the team on his back. And I think even at the age of 21, I think he's a guy who any GM would want to build a franchise around. Uh, next question. This is a very, you know, I, I always, people always toss around questions like this and they're very challenging questions to answer. Um, but somebody wanted to know, who do I think, in my opinion, is the most overrated player of all time? Now, I think that's such a tough question because, you know, when you think about most overrated player, for a player to be perceived uh, by the general public, by the general media, as being overrated, quote-unquote overrated, they obviously have to have been a good player, a really good player, an all-star type of talent. Um, you know, nobody's getting called overrated. Nobody's getting uh, talked about in the media as being overrated uh, unless they're a really good player. You know, you're not saying about that about guys who are bench players and role players. So I think it's a very difficult uh, question to ask in that regard uh, because even though, even though a guy might be overrated, that doesn't mean that he was a bad player. However, I think for me, you know, again, there's a, there's a few guys who I kind of sort of have in mind. Um, that I think you could argue, and I think a lot of people probably would argue for as being the most overrated. Um, if I had to pick one, and it's nothing against them, don't have any problem with the guy, 
Um, don't have any issue with him. I think he was a really great player, but if I had to pick one guy as being the most overrated, I'd have to go with Allen Iverson, I think. Um, Allen Iverson, you know, what's not overrated about Allen Iverson is just his impact on the game of basketball, just his impact on the league at the time when he first came into the league. You know, culturally, culturally, um, his impact was grand. Um, He just added a new style and a new flavor to the NBA. You know, people wanted to be like Allen Iverson. You know, he had he had that swag about him. I mean, that's the kind of guy Allen Iverson was. Um, he was a guy who you wanted to pay attention to if you were a fan. You know, I think other teams paid attention to him. He was a very iconic figure, and he really took the league by storm. And I, I think that from that perspective, in terms of his impact on the on the league, on the game of basketball, just him as a cultural icon and cultural figure to the game of basketball. I don't think that part of him is overrated. You know, I, I think that I think that part of him is very properly rated, in fact. However, I would say on the basketball court, not that he was a bad player at all, but I do think on the basketball on the basketball court, you could argue uh, he was overrated. I think that Allen Iverson was um, a largely inefficient player. Um, you know, he was a high scorer, but I think that he was very much, you know, somewhat like a Russell Westbrook. I think that he was very inefficient, even though he was a high-scoring player. Um, obviously took a ton of shots. Those Philadelphia teams that he was on most of the time, most of his years in the league, those Philadelphia teams were not great teams, so he didn't have great talent around him. And so because of that, he was forced to take a ton of shots. Uh, Philadelphia was heavily dependent on him. They heavily relied on him because they he's the best player. He's the most lethal scorer, um, and the rest of the team was not great. And so he was the guy who was constantly taking the shots. And so I think that padded his numbers, um, but he wasn't a very efficient player. Um, and I think that you know when we think about Allen Iverson, of course, One of the things we always think about is just his impact on the game and his flair and his style and his swag that he brought with him to the game of basketball. But when we talk about his actual on-the-court abilities, he was a great player, but I don't see him as being one of the top 20, you know, 25 even players of all time. I just don't put him in that category. Um, He was a really good player. But to say that, you know, and I don't think anybody is saying or arguing that Allen Iverson is one of the greatest of all time, but still, I think that we overrate Allen Iverson just a little bit. That being said, very fun to watch, like very exciting to watch. You know, maybe I didn't watch Allen Iverson growing up like a lot of people did, but seeing the highlights of Allen Iverson, being able to watch some of the old games, um, I've seen Allen Iverson, very fun to watch, and just like Russell Westbrook, it's very exciting to watch very entertaining to watch from a fan perspective, but I don't think that Allen Iverson is one of the 20, 25 greatest players of all time. I think that there's a healthy amount of people that would put him in that category, and so for that reason, for me, uh, he's definitely overrated compared to what he was. And so speaking of Russell Westbrook, that'll actually lead me into my next question that I have uh, that I received on Twitter, and somebody wants to know, Damian Lillard or Russell Westbrook? Now, that's how the question was phrased. Damian Lillard or Russell Westbrook? Uh, So when I look at that question, I want to know, first of all, are we talking about now, presently, present day, or are we talking about career? So I'll approach it from both sides of the coin. 
Um, I would say career-wise, I have to go with Russell Westbrook. You know, Russell Westbrook has been around longer. I think that, you know, honestly, he's gone deeper into the playoffs. So I think that he's achieved more. Um, I think that he's a more, probably a more well-rounded player when you, you know, when you consider everything, every aspect of the game. I would say that he is a more well-rounded player. And at his peak, at his peak, which is not currently, um, that was, you know, a few years back, definitely on Oklahoma City, not now on Houston. But at his peak, I think that Russell Westbrook uh, was definitely one of the top six or seven players in the game. You know, even though I, I, I give him uh, some critiques sometimes, and even though he might not be my personal favorite player, I do have to admit, I think that at his peak, which was definitely during his Oklahoma City days, uh, Russell Westbrook was one of the top six or seven players in the game of basketball. Now, that being said, so that's, that's career-wise. You have to go with Russell Westbrook. As of today, I'm going with Damian Lillard as of today. You know, I think that people, people forget a little bit. You know, before, before the league was suspended in early March with everything going on, Damian Lillard unfortunately got hurt right before the All-Star break, so he missed the All-Star game um, and all of the festivities of the All-Star break. But before that, Damian Lillard was on an unreal stretch, an unreal stretch. Um, and, you know, I think this is a guy who, look, I'm not saying that Damian Lillard is one of the top four or five players in the game today. Currently, you know, I think that's LeBron, Kawhi, AD, Giannis, Harden probably. But Damian Lillard, when he gets on a hot streak, his hot streak might be the hottest streak of any player in the NBA. His hot streaks are insane. You know, Russell Westbrook, I, I think you can make that argument about him too, that his hot streaks are pretty insane as well. But Damian Lillard, the run that he was on before the injury to his groin and before the, uh, the NBA All-Star break, and then, of course, now with the league being suspended and everything that's come with it, don't forget about what Damian Lillard was doing. And I know, he, I know he's up there in Portland. I know he's up there in little, little Portland, Oregon. Uh, you know, not really, almost seems like it's separate from the rest of the country. You know, it's not... Not in the Northeast, you know, with the big markets, Boston's and the New York's, the Phillies. You know, it's not uh, California where you've got L.A. Um, it's not down in Florida. you got Miami. Uh, it's not Chicago. So, yeah, I know it's a little tiny Portland. It's up there. You know, don't forget about it. It's there. Uh, don't forget about it, folks. A little Portland, Oregon, but Damian Lillard, his hot streaks, in, in my opinion, his hot streaks are the hottest streaks of any player in the league. You know, I, I think he's up there with LeBron in terms of, again, not that he's the player that LeBron is, obviously, but what Damian Lillard was doing uh, before everything that occurred, um, his injury and now the league being suspended, um, I think that today, right now, Damian Lillard is also a lot closer to his prime. Russell Westbrook's an older player. We all know that. And so career-wise, yes, I'll go with Russell Westbrook career-wise. I will not uh, argue that. I will give Russell Westbrook that one. But I do have to say that um, in terms of right now, you know, if you're asking me today, you know, let's say I want to start a team with one of those two guys today and you make me uh, choose between Lillard and Rus Russell Westbrook, I got to go with Damian Lillard. Uh, the last question I have, I have one more question. And the question it was actually a late, a late entry. Uh, do a different question. Uh, so this is a late entry that I got. But it's a really great question, and I, I love these type of questions. I love these type of questions when it comes to baseball, when it comes to football, whatever sport it may be. I just love these type of questions. But 
I think that with the NBA in particular, it's always a great debate. So if somebody wanted to know who would be my all-time starting five, it's a very simple question, my all-time starting five, but um, I think that it's a very fun and fascinating question to answer. So we're going to do it right now. My all-time starting five. I feel great about my picks. You know, Maybe there's a couple on here that are, are a little bit debatable, but I think for the most part, uh, this I think I nailed it on this. Uh, so my all-time starting five, point guard, got to go with Magic. You know, I, I maybe maybe some people are going to argue Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry would be on my list of reserves. You know, I don't know how many how many reserves you would get. Uh, you know, if if uh, if there was a backup point guard, if there was a backup point guard, I think I would go with Oscar Robertson probably. Uh, but number three for me uh, would be Steph Curry. So I think you know, again, uh, uh, Steph Curry. If we were doing depth charts, uh, I think that Steph Curry would probably be number three. Uh, on my point guard depth chart here, uh, but got to go with Magic Johnson. Uh, fortunately, did not get the opportunity to see him to him play, but just if you look at the numbers, if you look at the stats, um, you look at his impact on the game, uh, Magic Johnson, for me, is pretty much the easy choice for being number one. And then I think you could argue number two. You know, I think Oscar Robertson, you could maybe throw Curry in there at number two if you wanted to. That's debatable. Uh, John Stockton's another guy you could probably throw in there maybe uh, if you wanted to argue. But for, for me, I think Magic Johnson's pretty much a surefire choice. And I feel the same way about shooting guard. No way you can't go Michael Jordan. You should have known that before this documentary came out. No way you can't go Michael Jordan at shooting guard. Uh, so that's pretty easy. So you started off with Magic and MJ. Uh, you can't do much better than that. Your first uh, little one-two combo there in the backcourt. Uh, but then at small forward, at the three, LeBron James. Again, that's another very easy one. Um, I don't think there's much debate about that, you know. I think the biggest debate really is who would be the best player on this team uh, between MJ and LeBron. Because, of course, you have the, the GOAT debate there. What side of the GOAT debate are you on? But I think that in terms of building your starting five, LeBron James is an easy choice uh, for small forward. Then power forward, that's where I think I might stir a little bit of controversy. Um, I think that power forward is a little bit debatable. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, I think most people would probably lean with Tim Duncan. That's what I think. Um, I, you know, I haven't surveyed that. I haven't pulled that. So I'm not completely positive about that. Uh, however, I do think most people would probably say Tim Duncan. My choice is Karl Malone. Uh, I think that's actually a very good debate. You know, I, I think that maybe, you know, I think it's tough with Karl Malone. Listen, Karl Malone has the second most points scored in the history of the game. Second most points scored in the history of the game. Um, now, that doesn't mean he's the second best player in the history of the game. It's not equivalent to one another. But just don't forget about that, people. Don't forget, Karl Malone, second most points in the history of the game. Um, and so... I think Karl Malone is actually a very underrated player. Um, you know, and I think I think same the way with John Stockton, too. I think he's an underrated player historically, too. And I think the reason just being because they cannot get past Jordan's Bulls. You know, I think that if, if Malone and Stockton had played at a slightly different time throughout the course of NBA history, then maybe they'd be appreciated on an even greater scale. Um, but unfortunately, you know, and that's just kind of sports. That's just the way it is with sports. Uh, sometimes when you can't get past certain people on your way, uh, certain people in the playoffs, in the finals, whatever, 
Um, you're just not going to be remembered historically uh, as being on the same level as some other guys. So I think for Carl Malone, that's a little bit unfortunate because I think that he is one of the better players in the history of the game. You know, second most points of all time. You know, you, you can't argue with that. That's a stat. That's a number. Uh, so for me, very close between Tim Duncan and Carl Malone. Tim Duncan was a 15-time All-Star and 10-time All-NBA First Team, so 15 and 10. Carl Malone, 14-time All-Star, so one less, but then he also had 11 times on the All-NBA First Team. So that just shows you how close it was. You know, obviously two didn't play. You know, two players that didn't play at the exact same time. But I think that Tim Duncan, you know, his teams in San Antonio were able to finish the deal and win championships, and that's why I think he gets remembered uh, on a higher on a higher scale on a higher standard than Carl Malone does because Carl Malone's teams with Utah were not able to finish the deal uh, and were not able to beat Michael Jordan. But for me, I'm gonna go with Carl Malone at power forward. And then finally at center, center is very interesting. Center, I think, is the most interesting position in the starting five because I think that there are a handful of options that you could choose for center, and they wouldn't be terrible options. You know, the rest the rest of these positions, again, if you don't say Michael Jordan uh, for shooting guard, I don't know what you're doing. Um, again, I don't think there's much debate with LeBron at the three. I think that, you know, debating that would be silly. It would be foolish. Um, I think with center... There have been just some dominant centers in the history of the game. You know, the game used to be built around centers. It's not anymore today. We know that. It's built around shooters. But back in the day, the game was built around centers. And so there are a handful of options, I think, you could choose for center in your all-time starting five, and they wouldn't be terrible choices. You know, think about uh, Shaquille O'Neal. You think about Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, you think about Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain. Any of those guys would be great options. Any of those guys would be, you know, fine choices that I, I don't think, you know, with, with the other positions, uh, at least you could argue centers. Uh, but for me, got to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, I think that he is a step above those other guys. Uh, Shaq, Hakeem, Wilt Chamberlain all have a case to be made for the starting center spot on an all-time uh, lineup, uh, but I do think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if I had to pick just one guy and one guy only, an absolute, absolute athletic, I don't want to use the word freak because I don't mean it in a negative connotation, but an athletic freak, so incredibly talented, um, and so another guy, another guy would have loved, would have been an absolute pleasure to watch him play, fortunately did not get that opportunity, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar going to be my starting center on this all-time lineup. So for me, when you put it all together, when you add it all up, Magic, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Karl Malone by a hair over Tim Duncan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I feel great about that starting five. You know, I don't think there's really much to argue with it. Maybe you just argue for Tim Duncan over Karl Malone at power forward, and, you know, maybe some of the younger people, you know, I guess maybe some younger people might might want to argue Steph over Magic Johnson. I don't think you can do that yet. I still think Steph would be number three, in my opinion, behind Magic and uh, Oscar Robertson. But I think this is a great starting five. I love these questions. I, I love, you know, all-time starting nine in baseball. Uh, football, I think it's fun, too. Uh, but I love these type of questions, but that would be mine. Magic, MJ, Braun, Karl Malone, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You can't really beat that. Um, 
So that was the final question that I actually had here today. Hope you enjoyed this special Q&A episode. I really did. I, I, I love answering different questions. I love when people can send me fun, interactive questions that get me thinking. You know, not only, not only are they fun to discuss, but they get me thinking. You know, I, I, I love to play out in my mind, you know, think about, you know, who was the most overrated player of all time? Uh, which team would I want to see from any decade? You know, questions like that. So those are all awesome questions. Uh, so thank you again to those of you who did send in questions to me uh, via Twitter or text or whatever. Um, that's going to actually do it for me today on the Stop and Pop podcast. I'll be back again shortly, again, wrapping up some things at school, wrapping up my uh, college career, in fact. So uh, I don't know exactly the next time I'll be back, but I will be back. Uh, we'll see how things develop in the NBA. We'll see, you know, with uh, the uh, facilities for some states reopening on May 1st. We'll see how that goes, and it'll be a lot of fun. So that's going to be it for me today. I want to thank you again for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wish you nothing but the best in the coming weeks. I'll be back next time for Stop and Pop episode 32. But for now, thank you for listening to me today, and we'll see you again next time.